to Slow and Steady, a podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I'm Benedict, and I'm feeling easily distracted this week. I'm Benedicta. Today is February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, I guess. This is episode number 170, and I'm feeling kind of pissed off. Oh, that's... <laughs> at the universe okay at the universe um, okay you know not at nothing, twitter <laughs> well nothing religious like i can't i don't know i'm just like pissed off at circumstance i guess i'm a little pissed off at twitter as well they have given us no information um for those who don't know what i'm talking about twitter api access is gonna change and they told us last thursday and then they told us monday this week and now they're like it's gonna be a couple of more days because you're all so enthusiastic about it <laughs> and all the devs i know are like we are not enthusiastic about it like that is the wrong <laughs> word to use but um luckily you know my livelihood does not depend on twitter so it's gonna be fine um so i'm fine it will just wait it out and see what happens um but yeah, I'm a little pissed off at the universe because I started like exercising properly last week and then I went down with a cold and I feel like this uh. keeps on happening. And I know it's not true, true, because when I started horseback riding again, nothing happened. But in a weird way, I don't feel like that is exercise. Like that's just like a hobby. <laughs> 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 but it definitely is exercise but i feel like the times where i really think like okay now i'm gonna like do something you know i'm get fit like become a fit person i always feel like the universe throws something at me like a broken wrist or a sprained ankle or a cold or a something and <sighs> that pisses me off a little bit but yeah I'm just i can gonna... see i can see that uh, happening yeah you just, you just have to keep going, right? Because I have to just keep going. Slow and steady. Slow yeah. and freaking steady. So And, and you're I'm a person doing... that does fitness, no matter what. <laughs> exactly. And it's so hard. Like, identity <clears throat> shifts like that are so hard. True. And I've talked about that before. Like, when I did POW and I become, like, the female health hormone person, I was like, that's not me. I'm a tech person. I'm a tech person. And <laughs> it happens with this, this, like, fitness stuff. It's like, somehow... A lot of my identity is wrapped up in not being this like peppy morning fitness person with their habits and their like regiments. And yeah, so maybe it's me, not the universe. Maybe it's me. Like maybe I'm the problem. Um, just like Taylor Swift sings these <laughs> days. <laughs> Was about to say that. Yeah. But like one thing I, 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 um, I really enjoyed in. James Clear's Atomic Habits book is like mm -hmm. just forcing that identity upon you. Like instead of instead of saying I'm I'm this tech person that doesn't work out, like what's stopping you from saying I'm the tech person that also happens to work out? And I'm it's the not, queen it, of fitness. <laughs> I'm the queen of fitness. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and sure, it's still it. It's not like this makes anything a lot easier, but yeah, just like just like changing your relationship to it or like just your, your own positioning in a way helps a little bit it, it, you still have to do it and still have to get up and like actually do it that still takes some effort but at least it removes one of the excuses that you have um over the long term and sure you have to kind of 
forces up upon you for a while, but um, I feel like it helps. So it does help, and it's helped with the yoga, for instance. Like we have that yoga pirate group, and like we're people who do yoga, and we do it like most days. Um, and I've noticed that I can now with a straight face say that, yeah, I do yoga multiple times a day or not, not multiple times a week. Like I'm a person who does yoga. Um, but it's still because one of the things then when you say like, I'm going to be this person or I'm that person that does this thing, like he says in the book and like you mentioned, it's also you have to like stop making fun of the people <laughs> that you might have made fun of your whole life in a way. Not that I'm a complete asshole, but a little bit of an <laughs> asshole, maybe. <laughs> and it's probably been jealousy, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, now I'm like, I'm having a cold and I'm laughing. So my tears, the tears are coming. But, um, yeah, I've been like, you know, because to protect your own identity, sometimes you make, you know, a little bit of fun, at least behind closed door. You're like, oh, those like people who get up in the morning to like exercise, like, you know, what's up with them? Like they have no fun or, um, or some, yeah. So you have to kind of stop that as well, because otherwise you're kind of ruining the formation of this new identity that you're trying to put on, which True. is similar to like, I still cannot say like, I'm a content creator with a straight face. <laughs> and honestly, do you have to, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm, still, you know, I'm a developer. But then people are like, "But well, what do you do?" And it's like, "Oh, you know," and 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 then like it's part of what I do, and I shouldn't. I should be able to say it with a straight face. And there's so many content creators that I admire, but somehow, like, I it's it's not there yet. It's not internalized. Yeah, true. But I mean, there's so many better words to describe what you're doing than content creator. Let's be honest. Yes. Okay. Like okay. Content creator in itself, uh, just looking at the word is kind of diminishing the work that people like you and, and others do with like educating people, helping people, like compiling knowledge. Content creator sounds like I don't know. You start the video recording and produce something so YouTube can monetize it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, you know, there's value in entertainment as well. Um, so anyway, I'll in just, some, I just like, try in to... some entertainment there is and not in yeah. everything. <laughs> not in everything. Yeah, that is true. And I think I just like kind of label it under like the Queen Ray. Like that's what Queen Ray is all about. My alternate personality. Um, but yeah. This was a long, uh, a long detour on why I'm pissed off, or maybe not a detour. Um, identities are important. Um, how much, since we're on identities, how much do you like identify as a like indie founder or like a SaaS founder or yeah, as the founder? I still have a problem telling other people that I'm a founder or an entrepreneur, like. When I meet random people on the street, well, not that that happens very, very often, but like, I don't know, when we were looking for this new home and people were asking, yeah, so what do you do for a living? I always told them I'm a software developer. Um, yeah. And I'm only now starting to think about changing that answer to I'm an entrepreneur or I run a business software owner? company. I'm a business owner, something like that. It, it's not it's not fully there yet. I'm definitely still more of a software developer than I'm, than I'm a founder, but I guess it's getting there. Like I, I don't feel that much like an imposter anymore because obviously we're running a business. So yes, obviously we're running, like we are 
business owners or entrepreneurs. So it's it becomes more of an identity than it used to be. But I'm again like to avoid to avoid more questions, I'm usually still telling people that I'm a software developer. <laughs> And that's what I like often I'm just like I'm a web developer and it's so broad and it can mean anything right it can mean anything and it often taken like okay so you make web pages I mean if you if you talk to to people who are a little bit right. outside the swears so I've started saying like web apps and then if they ask something like could you do my web pages like well I do more kind of utilitarian apps like that's where I'm best or like I really enjoy making tools and not making kind of marketing pages or you know that side of things um, but it's still hard because it's still web development I'm making react components for pruner follows for the spending spending app at dnb you know for everything it is web or react development I guess at this point but um yeah, but it often feels like when I say web developer, people think that you do like very simple stuff. And also, I feel like especially non-technical people are like people that aren't familiar with the industry just assume you're a web designer. And then they're like, oh, yes. can you make me a pretty website? And I'm like, no, I can't make anything pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make it work, but I can't make it pretty. Um, See, that's where that's where my problem comes in because I can make it like semi-pretty or like pretty enough. Um, depends i mean that i'm i'm good at making uis pretty but uh when i was doing website for musicians and bands i was not i'm not able to make a good looking band website Mm. not at all so um i keep it very broad these days with like i'm a software developer and then they can yeah Maybe figure I should just out go what for that means software for engineer that sounds like yeah software engineer software developer something like that I feel like that like that, that's like fitting with like the gray hair and the like time spent in the industry I should probably because I've been being like senior web and senior web developer and then I head into you know my new gig now and people who's been at it for like two years <laughs> are like senior web developers or senior front-end developers and I'm like yeah okay I guess I'm not there anymore like there are some more experience and built up knowledge in there that maybe warrants another title um but then in the grant it depends on also what you want to do like who in some some ways the titles don't mean anything but it means a lot the day you're looking for a job true but then i mean in that case you can make up a new title right it's yes <laughs> i can think of any title <laughs> um do you, so are you like are you do you need a queen for your company? Like that's the title I have. I'm a professional queen. <laughs> and I like how nobody we like I'm not queen of anything specific, which is the beauty of the queen <laughs> title I've given myself. So I just pub or Seda just published my first paid article. Um and I sent them sent over my blurb kind of about me. But then their design is that there's a name and then a title. And he sent me a screenshot back. And then my name is Benedict Ray and my title is Queen. And just Queen. (laughs) I mean, your personal branding is definitely on point these days. It works. (laughs) It works. And I love that people are taking it and like having fun with it. Because that's kind of what we wanted. Like, this is not so serious. I'm writing a blog post 
you know, it's it speaks for itself. Like I'm talking about fussy search and like showing how you can do it. Having like web developer on that title line is not gonna like give anything or detract anything from that article. Um, yeah. So it's it's funny that but sometimes it would like if you're writing about you know some marketing tactic like being or showing that you have a your you know a lead or marketing director or something of a company will you know give some clout to your opinions but i feel like when you're showing off code and the code works it's not you don't need so much that kind of clout for people to actually take in what you are writing but maybe i'm wrong there's always some person on the internet but then that... also queen sounds pretty <laughs> clouty <laughs> right it's yes and yeah for those people it doesn't even matter what whatever your title is they they will get upset and be mad at you for no reason. <laughs> yes. Yes. What's been happening over at UserList then as a software developer? As a software developer, um, to be honest, I've been struggling with um, not getting distracted, as I mentioned. Like we made some progress, or I made some progress on the backend side of the reporting feature. Leo has been making progress on the front end uh, side of things. So there has been progress, but I'm a little bit unhappy with the amount of progress on my part. Um, and I'm not entirely sure, but again, like for the last couple of days, I've been easily distracted by, I don't know, stuff like social media, YouTube videos, podcast episodes. Like I feel like I'm looking for excuses to not work on this feature. Um, and I have a feeling it's related to just the complexity of it. I mean, I have it broken down into smaller pieces right now oh but, but they're not small enough if you keep they're, being yeah they're probably still not small enough and i should probably spend more time breaking them down and making them into a to-do list that i can actually like work through because from yeah you're right that's probably it um i have or like a very high level <clears throat> there's something wrong with your high level kind of or there's a, like your intuition is telling you that something with the way you're planning to implement it is wrong yeah but but you can't really put that into... Yeah, that might be also true. Yeah. I guess like the, the, the way I want to implement this is, is ambitious. I think it's the right choice long term. Uh, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe it's too complicated for step one. And maybe I should break it down more. And in a way, I already did some of that. So I figured out an easier way to at least get the API endpoints in place and uh, get some reporting going, even though the data is not 100% accurate and um, not real-time like we want it to be. Um, so basically, instead of instead of maintaining roll-up tables ourselves, um, we're creating materialized views in the database that just looks at the existing data. Um, but it serves the same purpose. It's not, as I said, like not as fast. It's not as real time and slightly inaccurate because once a user gets deleted, all their messages get deleted and all the stats get modified, which is not good. Um, but it's at least good enough so we can we can start testing um, testing the UI and testing our reporting. Because one thing we also realized while working at, uh, on this is with reporting specifically. It's so easy to make up numbers when you like mock up the UI or write some tests. But 
once you start trying to make sense of the data or like trying to visualize real world data, you suddenly realize that the assumptions you had initially of what you want to show and how you want to show it don't make any sense for that particular question you're trying to answer. Um, so one of the goals for this week is just get something up and running with some real-world data, even if inaccurate, just to notice what we're doing wrong in the in a design process and in the planning process. Because until you actually start trying to answer the questions, like real-world questions that one of our customers would have about a broadcast or a campaign or whatever, you can't really come up with the correct data for that. Um, and it also, yeah, like we noted this last, noticed this last week with um, when Leo was setting up the first layouts and screens where suddenly it didn't, didn't make any sense anymore. And we had to figure out new sorts of data and new metrics that we want to show because suddenly for a broadcast, the number of messages that got delivered this particular week is not helpful because there's only... One day where all of the messages were delivered. <laughs> so what's the point of showing a chart where you show the distribution over time? Because it will always be that peak on day one and then there will be nothing the second day. Mm. Um, but that's stuff that doesn't really click until you see the data, like the real world data. Um, because when we were mocking this up, it totally made sense in our minds. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with the um, the app that I'm working on um, for uh the bank here in Oslo that I'm working for where we're doing spendings, which is kind of reporting, you know, yeah. like what have you spent your money on? And I just tested it with my kind of old account at that bank. And the only thing we have there really is kind of Lillian's savings account because they're the only one or they could do like kid bank accounts. Anyway, too much detail for me. But so I went in there just to like check it out, how it looks in the app because they already have some stuff in the app and then they also want more on the web. And I go in and I get these like bubbles that says dash percent dash sign. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, like minus percentage. Like, I don't know what this is. And then I go in and like look at the designs and the examples. And it's supposed to show you changes in what you spend your money on. But since we like this account gets money in December for Christmas presents and January for birthday presents and also mine um, in a different account. So all the activity that is happening in December and January, and there is no spending usually. Um, so like, it just didn't make sense. Right. Like you said, yeah. Um, but they're still there and they're still showing like a empty screen that hasn't been designed well because, you know, most users who actually use their banks will have numbers every month, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, like so exactly similar thing uh, with the broadcasts again. So we have this at the top have like total numbers and then open rate percentage, like number of delivered messages, number of open messages, number of clicked messages, then open rate and click rate. And then we had a trend indicator with like um, up 100% from last week or down whatever percent from, from last week. And that made sense for the for the campaigns that are just ongoing. But again, for the broadcasts, the trend would always be negative because people receive the email, <laughs> open it, maybe the day, the day after, and maybe two days after, 
but it will never like there will never be a peak it will never go up it will always be fewer people opening it and mm -hmm. that screen will always look like demoralizing because everything's just trending downwards <laughs> but again nothing we not a thing we th uh, thought through when we were planning this and designing this <laughs> Yeah, but I think like designing empty states, especially or like empty mm. where like you don't have the data to to give the design that was planned is just really it's one of those harder things. Um, and it's not just for reporting, right? It's just like when you start using a product. I mean, that's a very important empty state, though. Like you you start using something, you know, like a to do list and you're just looking at a white screen because you haven't put any to do's in. And there are things that you can do and people have gotten better at like making that at least look a little attractive and like nudge you into creating yeah. something. But then in your use case, it's not like you can get people to give you that data. Like that data doesn't exist. Like you need to design for that, that, that data never being there or not being in the shape that like your Figma files or whatever you design in, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, assumed would be there <clears throat> yeah exactly yeah. and also the other thing we noticed is that with the designs or like with the designs not implemented it feels like we're not showing enough data like because the amount of work and data wrangling we do in the back end just to like show like six numbers on a page feels like it's now not in a good relation to each other. Like that feels like we're doing way too much work to show those six numbers. So I'm kind of unhappy with the little amount of data we show right now. And I'm I'm thinking about ways to surface more of it because yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to to have it that empty, I guess. <laughs> um Anything more? Um, yeah, the other thing I'm doing in the last couple of days, and that's kind of a little bit contributing to my, like to being easily distracted, uh, but maybe in a good way. I started contributing a little bit more to open source, or I'm trying to contribute more. So I have like five or six pull requests open to the Rails repository to get some small changes in there. And I mean, in a way, it's fun, but like, what I don't like about contributing to large open source projects like that is just the amount of work you need to do to get that change. A small change. Yeah. It's like a super small change. Maybe it's two lines, but um, yes, in this case, it's a couple of separate pull requests, but like one of them is, I think it's literally like one line and um, I keep nudging people to give me feedback and like to consider merging this and stuff like that. And it feels like this is way more work than the actual change. And in a way it's a little bit frustrating to be honest, but on the flip side, I also get it. Like um, everyone's working on this or most people are working on this in their spare time. They don't necessarily care about that change as much as you do. Maybe they shouldn't care about it because it's a silly change um, so it's kind of okay that there's like this gatekeeping, but from a contributor's perspective, it's also kind of, uh, yeah, kind of annoying. I've been thinking about contributing these changes for a while and for most of the time I was like, eh, I know it's a small change, but I don't, I don't want to spend the time and energy to, to advocate for this, like to be this, the champion of this change and like 
trying to convince people that this is a good change. <laughs> um, it's so. not that important in your life. But on 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 kind of um, organizing larger open source project, I saw that GitHub just uh, released something they called pull request queues, I think, or merge queues. Because one mm. problem that often happens is like you want to make one pull request per little change, but when you're in the flow, you know, your next pull request might rely on your first pull request being mm. committed. Yeah. So now there's, I haven't looked into it a lot, but I think the premise is that you can now like queue them up so that all the CI that happens in the background, all the continuous integration processes and everything will be run as if the pull requests in front of you have been merged. Oh, that's interesting. I have so, to look at this. Yeah, so then you can start, and then for the maintainer, it's easier because then they can start like they can start uh, merging in per the queue and not have to, you know, do the whole song and dance of like now you need to rebase and then you have to check it again and then you have to blah blah blah. Um, so that looks pretty interesting. I have, but as I said, I haven't like tried it out yet. But it came up on. Was it on Prunier Follows? Like one of my repos was like, oh, you can now use queues. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but I don't have time to read your little pop-up right now. I'm just going <laughs> to copy paste some code for an example. Um, but, interesting. But that I have looks to check this out. Yeah. yeah. I think it can be good even for your own. Like if, you're on Git, if you host on GitHub, your repos on GitHub, I think it can be good even for your own thing. If you, because then, e then it's easier to make these pull requests smaller. If you know that you can queue them up, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and honestly, like one of the like, um, so let, story time. Um, I try to make this change, or I made this change before, um, three weeks ago or something like that. But I made like one big pull, or I was planning to make one big pull request, um, with all of the changes in there, and um. Shout out to GitHub Code Spaces, uh, which is their like hosted development environment thing. Super oh, love great. that. Love it. It's, yeah. Especially for open source contributions like this, it was like, like godsend. Uh, because setting up the Rails development environment on my machine was always a headache and I'd always like skip on a couple of things. But with um with code spaces and the dev container thing, I just press a button on GitHub. And it sets up a virtual machine with everything configured that I need. And then I can connect uh, VS Code to it, make my changes, run all the tests. And they just work. Like, it's not no fiddling on my side. Um, so I did that, made all my changes, created a, um, created a commit even, and then wanted to push it, but realized that I had an already existing fork of Rails that was super outdated. Um, so it was like, ah, just remove it and uh, create a new fork, basically. What I did, what I, so I did that, and what I didn't realize is that my code spaces setup was linked to that repository fork. So by deleting the repository on GitHub, I also deleted the code space and all my work with it. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no way to recover from this. So um, the upside is... A week later, I sat down again and made the changes in like a lot smaller chunks and opened multiple pull requests, which probably increases the likelihood of this ever getting merged. But it was like one of those face palm moments where, where I made a really stupid thing and lost a day or worth of work. 
Yeah, that's the only thing because I also love the code spaces, um, the code spaces feature, and I've used it sometimes. But it is a little bit hard, I find, to understand like how, yeah, how it's linked to, linked to repositories and like how you push from them. Like they have a little bit of UI work to do on, on like, yeah, on how that is all connected. And also, I had a hard time like figuring out local dev environments like i wanted to set some n variables that should never be in the repository but i needed mm -hmm. them to run the project and i think i figured it out in the end but that was a little like dance where i was like clicking things and then just coming back to where i was and i was in the circle and i never actually got to set them but in the end it worked and now i don't remember how so I should have made a should have made an email. Should have made an email on that. That's how I remember things. Um, <laughs> nice I think stuff. my most like I Google and not Google because I now implemented search on my own website, but I search on queenray.codes all the time. And the thing I search for the most is how to YOLO update all Gatsby packages, which is like a one-liner. I should remember it, but I know it's there, so it's just like it's stored there and not in my brain it's just um, fine i guess right yeah but then also maybe remember some stuff i don't know <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> so what <laughs> so what <laughs> i mean the funniest thing is always when you when you google when you google a problem and end up finding your own answer on stack overflow or like your own blog post or your own tweets. <laughs> Especially if you don't remember it at all. Exactly, like, yeah. I can go to my own page and search for things that I know I've written. So I kind of have a recollection of like, I've solved this problem before. I just need to find my notes. But when you Google something, you're like, what? <laughs> I <laughs> talked about this? Like, I'm smart. Look at this. <laughs> But yep. then you're like, I'm not that smart because it's not retained at all. True. Um, but then I mean, you should be really happy you did that because it's probably helped a lot of people if it helps you three years down the road or like five yeah, months true. down the road. Yeah. It's been a while that that happened to me, to be honest, but it, it has happened in the past. <laughs> Does it mean you're senior, senior, senior now or something? Uh, it just means that I'm not publishing my uh, learnings anymore. I think that's more uh, what's happening. <laughs> there's nothing, uh, there's nothing, there are no answers to be found, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not publishing them that much, as much anymore. But I guess that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Have a good week. And uh, <laughs> See get well soon. <laughs> I, yes, I hope I, I am feeling better. Next week is actually um, vacation in this country. By the way, I didn't oh, tell okay. you. So you're so. Uh, you're we're not recording next week. Oh no! Saying? Wait, I am home on Tuesday, so we're going to the win to somebody's winter cabin Saturday to Monday, and somebody else's winter cabin Wednesday to Friday. Not planned to be able to do this, but I just realized we can do this next week. Okay. I, yes. cool. Yeah. Then so let's well, do it. Let's keep our habits slow and steady. Yeah. And I'll let's... exercise and all the other things for my new identity. <laughs> the fit developer identity. Or something. Sounds good. Cool. See you around.